Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Weston Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Open your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 18, starting in verse 1. Acts chapter 18. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to be to depart from Rome. And he came to them. And so because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For by occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on I will go to the Gentiles." And he departed from there and entered the house of a certain man named Justice, who, uh, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. And then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with, and with all his household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people in this city. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our gracious Lord, we thank you. This is a gorgeous day that you've created. And you've given us the opportunity to come here together to worship you. And now as we open your word together, Father, I ask for your your leading, for your guidance. Lead us in a path that, that only you could lead. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And we pray this in your most precious name. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Please leave those Bibles open. You know, as as we looked at um, going through Acts and, and the churches that were started by by Paul, we finally come here to the church at Corinth, um, one of the strongest, uh, one of the of the best known. Everybody seems to know about the church in in Corinth, um, but I'll tell you, it's a wonder. It's a wonder because the city of Corinth was probably one of the most wicked um, cities um, that that there was. Um, it, it was um, a city that, well, you know, it, all right, do you remember an advertisement that used to be on TV all the time? And, and it, it would 
I, they, they had different episodes of it showing people doing different things. And, and the end of the advertisement, they would say, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You know, you, you, you saw, and they finally took that off the air. I can't, I remember the first time I saw that and I went, you have got to be kidding me. How could you possibly put something like that on the air? But it was inviting. I remember one of them, the guy was, never mind. I, I just, I, it was just, that was bad. But you know, that was Corinth. Um, e- even the Romans even had, uh, they coined a phrase. Um, about, about people, about the Roman citizens that went to Corinth and got caught up in the lifestyle of, 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 uh, of Corinth. And they called it that you were being Corinthianized. Um, it, 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 you got caught up into it. It was another, it was a city that was, that was loaded, um, with, with sin. Sex, sex was, was part of the religion. Um, they had, they had, um, those who, who worshiped Aphrodite or Venus, the, the, the goddess of love. And, and what they called them, they had, they had, uh, it's written, they had about a thousand priestesses, um, in, in the, 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 the temple. Um, folks, they were prostitutes. They were prostitutes. Um, that, that was, that was their religion. I, see, I think sometimes we, we look at, at the things that happen today and we go, how could things get much worse? But anytime man is involved, oh, we can figure out ways. We can figure out ways to make things work. This is, but this is a situation where Paul walked into to preach the gospel, to start a church in, in, in this evil, in this evil city, a city that, this city was probably enough to make a preacher run. Um, or, or at least ask for, for battle pay or, or something along that line. But folks, here's something that you need to understand about this. Um, people who live in darkness, uh, there's many of those people that live in darkness that not only don't want to be there, they want to see light. They want to see light. Many of them don't know how to ask for it. Many of them don't know how to find it. But many people who live in the darkness, they, they want, they want light. They want to be able to see the light. And, and the problem is, is that with us Christians, and, and many of us do a lot of us assuming. But it's, it's not up to us to decide when we see someone who is living in darkness that they automatically wouldn't want to see light. It's not up to us to make a, a, a to predetermine who wants Jesus and who doesn't want Jesus. It's it's just it's not where we're supposed to be, and 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 though there are people who are living in the dark, um, it's we need to help people to realize the reason that we were born, the reason that we were created, the reason that we were put on this earth was for a relationship with Jesus Christ. Folks, it is as simple as that. It's as simple as that. For all the people in, in that you have heard in your life, and, and I'll tell you, countless times I've heard people say, why was I born? What is my purpose here on, on this earth? Folks, it's simple. One reason. When you understand. Does does it matter when, when they when they want to go and, and they 
scientists want to say, and not all scientists do this, but when the scientists say that, that God had nothing to do with creation. You see, and we say, well, what difference does that really make? That really makes a huge difference. Because you start pulling pieces away from who God is. And, and, and when God isn't involved in creation, then when someone asks, why was I created? You can't give them an answer. You really can't. But when they know that God is the one who has created them, God breathed the very breath of life into each and every one of us. Then you can understand our purpose in life and our purpose is to have that relationship with, with God. To have that relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's when we, when we consciously refuse it in, in our lives that we start running into troubles. You see, Looking back at, at Paul and starting this church in, in Corinth, um, speaking of battle pay, here's how, this is actually kind of a, a little bit of a side note, but I want you to understand what's, what's happening. Um, Paul, although an educated man, um, when he went on the mission trips, and the mission trips took a long, long periods of time where he traveled long distances and all of that, what does he do for money? How does he, how does he make money? But, but then you understand that Paul was actually a tent maker. And that he, he met up here with Aquila and Priscilla. And this is the only place that I can think of where it really talks about him making tents. He's actually, actually what it's telling you is that Paul was a part-time pastor. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I want to go that far to say that type of thing. But, but Paul, but Paul had to make had to make money along along the way, and so what he was doing was actually making tents. And and uh, he ran into this Aquila and and uh, Priscilla. They had been kicked out of Rome, as all the Jews were asked to leave Rome around in around that time um, by Claudius. But but Paul and them came together, and and they would make tents. Paul would preach on the Sabbath, and then on on uh, uh, on the, the rest of the week he was he was making tents. You know, a lot of times when you start into ministry, that's what you do. You start out in a part-time status and, and you know, you keep your regular job and, and you, you know, preach on weekends and, and go back to work on Monday morning and go all the way through. And, you know, it, it's... I'll tell you, that's what happened with me. That's, that's how I broke into ministry in, in part-time. And actually what it is, when they talk about part-time, it's, it's really all it is is part-time and pay. It's not part-time in, in your responsibilities. You see, uh, when the Lord put a calling on my life, he, he didn't go, listen, Huff, here's what I want you to do. Part-time, that is. Um, no, he doesn't do that. And, and you know, it was, that was an awakening for me. Because you have to balance both lives. And, and there came a day when I knew, and, and I got on my knees and I said, Lord, I, I know that, that you don't call anybody to part-time ministry. That means you're a part-time God. You, you don't, you don't call people to part-time ministry. And, and within two weeks, I was offered another church. Now wasn't I? And, and he actually, put me in two churches. And, you know, and so I could, I quit my job. 
I don't work no more. I'm a preacher. You know, you got that? You get that part there? That, that Sunday morning? Two hours and I'm done. Out on the golf course. No, no. It doesn't work that way. But you see, this is what Paul was, was dealing with. Working in a, in a city such as Corinth where sin was running rampant and, and yet he was still trying to make ends meet by, by making tent, or by making tents. Uh, money had to come from somewhere, guys. You can't imagine the churches couldn't get together and send Paul money like they could do today. It was something that he had to deal with. But Paul was making these tents during the week and, and, but, but he was still in, in, in a city that was just loaded full of sin. And, and I'm gonna tell you something. And, and don't, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read you uh, some scripture that I, that I read to you earlier, but I want you to hear something. Um, there is, <clears throat> when, when I started into ministry, one of the things that they warned me about is that it's the loneliest job you'll ever be in. Now, you gotta be kidding. How could that possibly be? I, I stand up in front of a bunch of people on a Sunday morning and, and, and everybody knows me and everybody says hi to me and, and, and how could you call me, how could you say that that is a lonely job? It is. Believe it or not. Don't ask me how, but, but it, it is. Well, first of all, it is a little lonely sometimes when, when all your friends go, I didn't mind you being a Christian, but a preacher, forget it, I'm out of here. So, you know, they, they don't, um, they don't really want to hang around with a preacher all that much. Um, you know, how bad can that be? But, uh, but there are emotional issues that go with this also. You're, you're on a roller coaster ride a lot of times. And, and, you know, and, and it can be difficult. And I want you to hear this about Paul, because I'm going to explain something to you. Look at verse 5. Where it says, when Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. Paul and Silas came from Macedonia. They came back and they connected with Paul. And they took Paul, who was probably in the dumps, and they lifted his spirits. The, the Holy Spirit got, got in there with, with, with Timothy and Silas and Paul, and, and he raised his spirits, and he went back into the synagogues, and he started G- preaching Jesus is the Christ. You see, what I'm telling you here is that even with Paul, one of the most remarkable evangelists that ever was, he hit the dumps. And that's where he was at, was in the dumps. And when his buddies came and when he had connection with, with those in ministry that, that he needed to be with, they lifted his spirits up back into the, into the synagogue he went. And he's preaching Jesus Christ. It's, it is just something that happens. It just, it does happen. And it, and it even happened to Paul. But I want you to, but what happened in the synagogue, look at verse six, where it says, but when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I'm going to go to the Gentiles. I've, I've had it with you. I've had it. Flip over in your Bible to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 3, 18 and 19. Ezekiel 3, 18 and 19 where it says this. 
When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet, if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity. But you, you have been delivered. You see, um, there's a responsibility that goes here. If you're in um, my study class there on, on Wednesdays where we're doing the harbinger, um, there was something that came up on Wednesday. And, and I was talking about um, the United States as being a, a, you know, we've, we've become a wicked nation. Let's not pull punches here. And, and, but you could look at other nations around the world and you could say, you know, they're worse than we are. Look at the things they're doing. Look what they're doing. I mean, we've never done stuff like that in this nation, but they're, you know, why are you calling us a wicked nation? And I'm calling it a wicked nation because of those who have been given much, much is expected. And you see, that's where we're at. And those who have been given much, those who have been given eternal life through Jesus Christ their Lord, and they keep it silent and they keep it to themselves, that's not, that's not what's expected of you. There's something more expected of you. You see, what Paul was running into here was that when he went into the synagogue and they said, they blasphemed him. They blasphemed Jesus. And he finally went out and he, he walked out of the place. He dusted his clothes off. Actually, what Jesus called it, when, when they refuse you in the town, you come out, you go out and you wipe your, wipe your feet, wipe the dust off your feet because you've done everything that you could do. I have a sister-in-law who's, who's pastor, who's pastor, whose father used to be a pastor. And she told me this last time I saw her that one time they were leaving this one church. I, they were Episcopal, I believe. And, and he drove out of town when they were moving. And I guess that it was a rough ride. It, not the, not the car ride. The ride in the, in the church was a very rough ride. And, and when he got out of town, and they were heading off to the, to their, to the next church. He stopped the car. He got out of the car. And he looked back at the town and he wiped his feet off because he had done everything that he could and people weren't hearing it. You see, that's what Paul is talking about here. He, he's talking about, about that he was preaching Jesus to the Jews and they're just not hearing it. They're just not hearing it. And you see, you know who was hearing it in Corinth? The Gentiles. Those that were living in darkness, they were hearing it. But the Jews weren't. You see, the same problem that Paul was having is the same problem that Jesus had. It's not those who are lost. It's those who are religious. That's where the problem lies. It's those who are religious. You see, churches never get attacked from, from the front. They don't. They get attacked through the back door. When Satan comes in the back door and, and, and infiltrates into a congregation, that's where the problems come in a church. A church has never been closed down by a frontal attack. It always gets, the problems come from, from the rear, where you least, where you think that, 
folks, we should know better, but it, it that's but that's not the way it works. And and those who were so locked up in religion in in Paul's time are the ones that would not hear. They would not hear. They were so religious, but they never opened up their 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 scripture. They they knew that the Messiah was coming, and he had stood before them, and they refused him. And so Paul came back and he told them, you missed him. He was here. He is your Messiah. And they didn't listen to him then either. But those who sat in darkness did. They wanted the light. They wanted it. Later, and, and you know, sometimes, this time it's, it's a little bit clearer being in Corinth. Um, look at verse 7. Let me read this to you. And when he departed from there, from the synagogue, he entered a house of a certain man named Justice, who had, who, one who worshiped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. This is where the the church in Corinth actually started, right next to the synagogue. You see, so Paul is preaching in the synagogue, he's, he's, they're, they're blaspheming him, they're blaspheming Jesus Christ. So Paul walks out, he dusts his clothes out, off and he, and he goes and he, and he walks into Justice's house, which is right next door um, to the synagogue. Do you think that created a problem? You better believe it did. You better believe it did. He's in there preaching Jesus. He gets thrown out and he goes right next door and he starts a church. You see, to reject the preaching of Jesus so strongly and then to have the church opened up next door you can imagine the uproar as it says in the in in verse 8 that that the one who was the leader of the synagogue believed in Jesus Christ he believed in him you see so not only did he come in and preach Jesus and they threw him out of the synagogue then he went right next door and he started the church and and the the leader of the synagogue believed he he left the synagogue and he went to the church that, that Paul had started because he believed in Jesus Christ. Do you think that Paul figured for one moment that the ruler of the synagogue would become a believer in Jesus Christ? I don't think so. He, he didn't. He didn't. Flip in your Bibles. I told you to leave your Bibles open. Flip in your Bibles over to 1 Corinthians 2, starting in verse 1. 1 Corinthians 2, starting in verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You see, Paul used what God gave him. That's what he used. This wasn't, you know, we talk about Paul being an educated man, but, but Paul himself apparently was not the greatest speaker in the world. He didn't come to them with, a, with an excellence in speech. He came to them with the power of God. And he came to them with, without a preconceived idea on who was going to believe and who wasn't. 
And because he had that, he didn't have that preconceived idea who was going to believe and who wasn't. And the ruler of the synagogue, a Jew, believed on Jesus Christ. And those that were in Corinth, those who lived in darkness, saw the light. Saw the light. And they believed. See, there wasn't anything holding them back. There wasn't Paul standing in front of them and saying, you guys ain't going to believe anyway. That's not what he did. Do you think, do you think for a moment, in all the things that we've heard about Paul, that he was, that he could have been fearful of speaking about Jesus in the different places that he went? Of course. Are you fearful about sharing your faith? See, that's one that, that really only you can answer. Are you fearful to share your faith? Are you fearful to invite someone to church? Or, or do you, or do you have that preconceived idea that, that they don't want to know? Look at verses 9 and 10. Back in, in Acts, 9 and 10. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision, and he said this, Do not be afraid, but speak, and do not keep silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people in this city. Folks, we of, of whom much is given, much is expected. And what have you been given in your life? You've been given eternal life. Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And, th- and, and you know, to those that much are given, much is expected. Are you afraid? Are you afraid to tell someone of your faith? Do, do you shun back when the situation comes before you? Do you think God knew who was going to be reached through Paul's faithfulness? Do you think God knew that that Paul was going to reach that that leader in the synagogue? You bet he knew. He knew. Do you think God knows who will be touched by your faithfulness? Yours. Yours. What would have happened if Paul would not have preached? What would have happened if he had gone into Corinth and not said a word? What would have happened in Corinth if, if he had gone into the synagogue and the moment that they blasphemed him, he went out, he dusted his clothes off, and he did nothing? He just went and made tents. What would have happened then? What will happen if you walk away from those God puts before you for you to share the gospel with? What happens to them? Will they be lost? Will we stand before Jesus one day and have him remind us of the lives we refused? The lives we refused to touch. Folks, that's true. Refused. You see, because we have those choices every day. We have those choices that God puts before us. If, if you speak to someone 
I'm not talking about taking your Bible and, and running up to doors and knocking on doors, but folks, every one of you have friends. Every one of you know people. Every one of you, you, there are people in your lives that you look at and you go, they wouldn't be interested. Or, or they go to another church. That's a good one. They go to another church. Are they, are they hearing the gospel there? The other day, the other day, I was talking to Justin. We were talking about this very subject. And I, and, and I'll, I won't mention the church's name, but, but you can probably, you might be able to guess it. Um, Justin said, I've been invited to that church no less than 20 times. And I tell them, I'm a pastor. And they say, you're not doing anything on Saturday. Whoa, you're not doing anything on Saturday. Come. Wow. That's radical. That's radical. No, he, has, he doesn't go on Saturday, no. But, but, but get the idea. Somebody walked up to him and said, he needs to know what's going on in our church. Does someone need to know what's going on in this church? Does someone in, in your life, they go someplace else, fine, but, but that's where we drop it. Or we look at them and we say, you know, because maybe they make more money than you. Maybe they make less money than you. Maybe there's something else that, that, that you figure that maybe they're too good for you or something. That they don't need Jesus. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. It doesn't matter how much money you have in your life. Folks, it means nothing. It means nothing in the kingdom of God. You know what matters in the kingdom of God? Numbers. One, two, three. People. Lives. That's what matters. Folks, don't let anything stop you from sharing what Jesus Christ has given you. And for and for those who are heading north, consider this. You're going on a mission trip. <laughs> you're, you, can, you can take Jesus wherever you are. You can take him wherever you go. It should never end. Christians are too passive. Too passive. We, we, we like to hold our cards close to the vest. We don't want them to see what's in our lives. Folks, share Jesus. Share Jesus. You've got the greatest gift that there has ever been. Share. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to be here, um, to, to hear your word, to know that, that you are with us, that you are in this room, and, and you are tugging on our hearts. That's you. That's our Lord and our Savior. Father, we thank you. We thank you for loving us. I thank you for Jesus Christ in our lives, and I pray that in each of our lives that we would learn to share, to share. Father, we praise you, and we love you, and we do so in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. 
We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.